0: Hello and welcome back to Cheap Seats. This is Season 7, Episode 8, hosted at Lake Orion High School as a production of Dragon Broadcasting. As always, I'm your host, Kobe Manzo, joined today by Derek Dungan. And then across the booth from us, we have Daniel Babcock in the green and Adam Schrader rocking the jean jacket. I know, it's a nice look. Thank you. It's a great look. And so today, you know, we talk a lot about football. So we're going to be doing a lot of professional football talk today. We'll start with the National Football League, get a little bit into the XFL at the end but what I want to start us off with today is the NFL draft, and that's coming up pretty soon, April 23rd to 25th this year in Las Vegas. And the draft order, our Lions are up there, but the Bengals are starting things off with the Redskins, then our Lions, Giants, Dolphins, and then it kind of just gets into the middle of the pack teams. Um, but there are some solid QBs, as every year, this, the league is a quarterback-driven league, and there are some solid QBs in this class, obviously led by Heisman winner and national championship Joe Burrow. Right. So are we we thinking that this Ohio kid ends up, you know, obviously he was with the Buckeyes before he transferred to LSU. Do we think this Ohio kid ends up with the Cincinnati team? Oh, yeah, of course. I think uh, he's the guy
1: that that they need because I think they need someone to rally around. And with the background that he has from Ohio and a winner at LSU with the stats he put up in last year i think he could be the one maybe not to solve everything but to build a foundation for the Bengals
0: to maybe get back to playoff success and maybe deeper into the playoffs yeah that's a good point now do you think you see him coming in and trying to make an impact immediately or i think for me it's more of like you have is andy dalton still with the yeah he's he's still still with the the Bengals. yeah Okay, so now you're bringing him behind a guy like Andy Dalton who, you know, has had his years. You know, he's had some solid years, although last year was definitely not one of them. Do you bring him behind a guy like Andy Dalton and say, like, you know, you know learn the ropes from a guy like this, or do they just throw him right to the fire and kind of test him that way? What do you think is going to happen there?
2: I think they might try uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes strategy. If you remember the year he was drafted, he was actually a bench behind Alex Smith for that whole year, and then uh, year two, you know, he came in, won the league MVP, just started off uh, his career with a blaze, and I think that they might try that, because that seems to be, like, the new wave, almost, so they might uh, go with Andy Dalton for one more year, and then move to Joe Burrow, their new, probably, rookie.
0: Yeah, it's actually, that's interesting, too, because the formula we see from a lot of NFL teams is almost like... You want to get your quarterback, you want to get your guy, you want to get him on his rookie contract where you're not paying him a lot of money, and then you can build up the offensive weapons, and we know that Cincinnati needs a lot more than a quarterback. They need to protect that quarterback, they need to have weapons to throw to, and they need to have run game. They're really lacking in a lot of areas. So while Joe Burrow does fit a lot of the needs that a team like that has, they definitely need more guys around him because Joe Burrow is not gonna come into the NFL and just you know, he's I'm not expecting him to have a Lamar Jackson season this year just break out obviously two very different play styles not very comparable but talk about how important it is that they you know they get him on that rookie deal and then he you know they get him pay him that salary but they need those offensive weapons around him so so who are some of the guys in this draft class you think they should go after uh in terms of weapons for
1: burrow to potentially throw to there's a very 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 deep draft class for wide receivers this yeah year. there is some are calling it probably maybe the deepest ever and the most talented ever and if I I can throw out some names really quick, a couple, Jerry Judy, obviously from Alabama, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, was very, very fast. And then a lot of people who disregard Henry Ruggs, who is also a very fast, I think very skilled player, even though him and Jerry Judy were still like, you know, the one-two combo at Alabama. And yeah, he's
0: been getting a lot of more hype recently, though, yeah. as stuff continues to come out, like pickup game basketball, just insane yeah. athletic. Just, I mean, all these guys are athletic freaks. But that wide receiver class is definitely something you have to watch because we saw in the national championship game too with, uh, I believe it was Jefferson from Louisiana State, just yeah. blowing by Clemson defenders on the sideline. Now he's declared for the draft as well, so that's a name that I will expect to go. Um, off the top of the board there are a lot of great wide receivers and that's something that you don't you don't have every single year and since it is a quarterback driven league the top couple picks are usually dominated by those leaders those quarterbacks but I think after Burrow you look at maybe possibly a guy like Tua to come in as a second pick for a quarterback wise not second overall but as a quarterback even if the Redskins are possibly looking at him he's had that injury like the injury prone history and although it really hasn't affected his play that much in my opinion it's it's something that NFL GMs are definitely going to look at Um, And how important do you think though, like is the combine almost shifting towards more of like a, I don't know what the word is, like a ceremonial kind of ordeal, like come out, do your workout, but it's more about like the backdoor meetings and conversations with coaches. I feel feel like that's the feeling I'm getting as, as we move on, because as we watched a lot of guys didn't even work out at the combine, Joe Burrow included, he didn't even throw, which after a season like that, do you really have to, is really the argument. But what do you think this shift means for the combine going towards more of like a, just kind of the ceremonial purpose? Uh,
1: yeah, because I think the higher ed prospects like Joe Burrow, they don't have to necessarily come out because they have the stat line, like he had LSU to prove that. Yeah, they've he's proven themselves, yeah. And also they have the pro day, so they might just take that off and then wait, work out, show up at the pro day, work out there, and then show up for the draft. But I think for some people, like I'm throwing a name, Don Peoples-Jones, who had, what was it, the second highest vertical jump in combat history, that might put your name on the map. So if you're not necessarily a first round, maybe top 10 prospect, you should show up and maybe your name gets thrown out.
0: And get your stock up a little bit, possibly. Now, a guy like Joe uh, Joe Burrow, especially, you come off a national championship season, the turnaround time between then and a combine or a pro day is very short. So, you know, I, I remember hearing some kind of conversation about Joe Burrow talking about getting ready for the draft. And someone was like, dude, just enjoy it. Enjoy it for a little bit. Like, You just won a national championship. You had one of the best scoring years, prolific scoring years in college football history. And now here he is trying to turn around and go prepare for the next level, which you have to respect that because, yeah, you know, you want to – the end goal for him is definitely the NFL and to be a great quarterback at that level. But when you have a guy like that, like, can you really blame him for not going to work out, especially with that short turnaround time?
2: No, I don't really think you can because, like, as you said, he just won the national championship. He's going to want to celebrate it and really, like, soak it in because if you're just, like, uh, the Brady-Belichick, like, dynamic where you're weighing – like, you're going – then it's, like, not as fun because they don't have time to soak it in. They just turn around and they just go out there and try to win another championship. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Joe Burrow because you'll never get a chance to win another NCAA championship. And so I think he should really soak it in instead of really trying to prove himself even more at the combine.
3: I feel like, in a way, it's kind of like an advantage to them, being able to have that extra practice time to get better during the um, before, you know, beforehand.
2: Um, yeah, just in the, like, quote, offseason.
3: Right, yeah. right. I feel like, you no, know, it's just like, in a way, I can see why some certain players might be like, that's kind of unfair to us. But then, in yeah. a the way, on the the other side, I can see why it's a it's a benefit for the the good players like Burrow. Like he has extra time to get better and to work his th- his throwing down, working in that pocket. You know, just to me, it's like it's kind of like a win lose situation for certain people. And I don't know, it's just like. I feel like it's favoring some certain people and favoring the others while, you know, are leaving the others behind in the dust that are working really hard to get those spots. So yeah. uh, that's and just now, my point of view.
0: Nothing replicates game experience. That's That's, that's the biggest thing. And that's, that's what GMs and coaches want to see. Now there are a million guys that if they could switch shoes with Joe Burrow, they would take it in a heartbeat. No matter, you know, right. you missed workout time getting ready for the combine. If you can play in the game of that magnitude, like, they don't care right so moving on we talked about I already I mentioned that earlier but the Lions have the third overall pick this year who do we need who who is our guy who is gonna who we need an impact guy right now I'll say I think with Stafford in the situation right now with the coach and Patricia and this lack of success even though you know I'm, I've been a Patricia fan even though the results really haven't been there I like the guy he seems just like kind of a transparent honest guy but at the end of the day, if you don't get wins, you're not going to last in the National Football League. So who is the guy that we need to pick up to make an impact this year? Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons? Dan?
2: Uh, I'd have to agree with that. I think uh, Clemson linebacker, you know, great season at Clemson, and he can really play everywhere. So no matter, like, what Patricia wants to do with him, he can just throw him there, and Simmons will learn it and master it. Also, he had a very impressive combine as he ran a 4-3-9, and there's also a yeah. video out there uh also showing his speed where he ran a race with uh, Clemson running back Travis Etienne, and he ran step for step with him. So. Yeah,
0: that's impressive. Now, I, I think, obviously, defensive player is probably number one right now for Patricia, him being the defensive mastermind that he is. Now, we haven't really seen that as of late, but he is this defensive mastermind. So I think we definitely go with the defensive pick. Um, but what do you think... Say just just in theory here now. So assuming the Redskins don't pick up Chase Young with that second overall pick, and he slides down, and he's still available. Is that a no-brainer pick for the Lions, or still are we still looking past him?
2: Well, I think it's a no-brainer because really, if you watch the Lions last year, you know they didn't really like to blitz a lot. They really depend on their defensive front to get pressure. And uh, Chase Young, he's one of those guys you know coming from the edge that can really bring pressure and heat, even when you're rushing three or four.
0: Yeah. And especially with Darius Slay possibly being gone for the Lions, I'm thinking another guy that they've talked about, the analysts have talked about a lot is Okuda and just kind of filling the spot for like a Slay possibly if he doesn't get paid, which he's asking for a lot of money. And I don't know if that's going to happen or not. The Lions are going to have to make a decision. Like if he's our guy, we're going to lock him up. We're going to pay him. We're going to break him off. Like that's, that's us. But if not, and they're kind of unsure about it, there's no point in paying them all that money. If maybe, you know, we go after another guy who could potentially fill that spot. But the reason I say that is because they rely on their defensive front so much, like you talked about, and that means that when they rely on their defensive front and they don't get the pressure off of those those down three or four linemen, that puts a lot more pressure on their secondary, and that is kind of where they're lacking right now, um, getting rid of a couple of their secondary members. But there are definitely some questions um, about taking a possible QB based on Stafford's injury history. Um, And I know he had a streak for probably like one of the longest most consecutive starts right I forget the number now but he's been a very durable quarterback but he has had his fair share of injuries um and people have talked about taking Tua talking about Loa behind him the quarterback out of Alabama what are your thoughts on that Yeah, I wanted to get your opinion I think um
1: he might potentially slide I'm sorry the Dolphins might potentially slide up to get him really? because I believe that and not only the Dolphins but other teams in this draft are necessarily vying for a quarterback I know other teams like the Panthers were necessarily like testing Cam Newton out to see if they yeah. were still his guy. The Redskins maybe I heard some things from yeah um, that Rivera. that'd
0: be yeah. interesting because um, the Redskins obviously with Dwayne Haskins and he's been you know he's a very young quarterback. But the Panthers are in a unique situation with new head coach Matt Rule and kind of seeing you know they got rid of a lot of the old and they they signed Rule to a long contract and pretty much handed him the reins and said you know like. This is your program now. Like, do what you want with it. This is yours. And so, with Luke Keekley retiring, Greg Olson's in the booth. Um, Cam Newton possibly, like, you know, gone. He could not be the guy. And it's kind of like a new generation, like a turn of the page for Carolina for me. And so, I think you know, the Dolphins kind of make sense too with Fitzpatrick, right? And he's he's a guy that could go off for any game. He could go for 500 yards or he could go for 50. And I think that's been the one thing of his story is it fits magic but he's, he's, he's been inconsistent. So for a guy like Tua to possibly sit behind him and learn you know, what makes him so explosive with Tua's mindset of just that consistent mindset that Tua brings, that might not be a bad idea uh, for the Dolphins. But for me, I, I definitely don't see the Lions picking a quarterback because right now they're not looking long-term, nor should they be. They got a great quarterback right now in Stafford, and he takes a lot of heat, but I, I love Stafford and what he stands for for this program. And he just... He's our guy. He's our guy. He's a Detroit guy, and the thought of him possibly going somewhere else, it, it's reminiscent of like a Drew Brees. If Drew, like, he's technically in free agency right now, Drew Brees, and we'll talk about, a little bit about that later, but like, if he left, I don't know what would happen, man. And we need we need an impact guy now, so I think we definitely, you know, shore up on the defensive side um, going into this draft. But is there anything else we need to look for the Lions skill wise in the draft, maybe offensively, that we could. Uh you know used to up the skill this season
3: did the Lions really even have a um like their signature wide receiver because you know when uh megatron was there you know that was their go-to yeah. guy but do yeah. we really even have that now like i know yeah, be, tate was kind of it for a little bit when he left but do we really have anybody special it really it would,
0: we do we had a really good pair of receivers this year in jones and galladay correct yeah. Yeah. yeah so they put That's up some insane numbers and did. those were stafford's go-to guys um I think the priority for them is just securing them for the long term. I don't know when their contracts are up, but that would be the biggest thing for me is just securing those guys, yeah. keeping the base and building. Right. right. Um, I don't think uh, Stafford's obviously on a big contract, but other than that, I don't know if you're paying anyone a huge amount of money. Even though Slay is asking for a lot, and for that reason, yeah, I don't think I don't think they're going to hold on to him. Um, and that'll be a tough blow, but I think they can come back from that. I don't think you can come back from getting rid of like a Stafford. Oh no. And I think
1: um like you said before building. I think the Lions should just um you know, let their guys um I don't know if, I don't know what the word is, but they should like keep their guys, but again bring in some young talent, I think, uh to sure up the offense as well because I think like you said, before, it's a quarterback driven league that the NFL is and you're gonna need weapons to score. You can't rely on one
0: guy to do it all. Yeah, that's huge. Now relying on one guy to do it all maybe not one guy but talk about, we'll go over to new england here kind of <laughs> changes the pace a little bit tom brady and his testing the waters of free agency he has done every theatric this off season but this is you have to remember this is his first time in free agency he's been the face of this this program this dynasty for so long he's never had the chance to go out and uh you know maybe just flirt with the idea of even flirt with the idea of going to another organization or another team but everything from the Hulu commercial at the Super Bowl, I'm not going anywhere. Or like you hear reports every single week. Every single week, it's a new team. And that's something that, I mean, he's played it very well as far as drumming up interests from reportedly visiting his schools in Nashville for his kids. The new production company, um, 199 Productions, it's actually just launched in LA. Uh, 199 being a nod to his draft number, which is kind of cool, like that chip on his shoulder. I thought that was really neat. But LA, obviously the football tie. FaceTime with Vrabel at the ceremony. Syracuse game next to, uh, I think Jimmy Fallon was there. Jimmy Fallon was there with Edelman, and so that was just a weird kind of situation. And then the Raiders GM at UFC, he's done it all. So where, do, I guess my question here is, is is Tom Brady coming back? Is he just pulling the strings or, and, and just like, you know, kind of messing with everybody to get a reaction and coming back? Or is he leaving Belichick in the dynasty in New England? I think that there's really a good chance
2: he could come back, but really the main contender that I see him going to, that's not the Patriots, is the Titans, because obviously, you know, FaceTime Brabel uh, doing all this stuff in Nashville, and obviously they're losing uh, Ryan Tannehill, who was really yeah. their starter who took him to the playoffs
0: last year. Well, possibly, yeah. He's a free agent. So yeah. there's, there's, a good, there's a good chance that um, Tannehill's gone. And they also have to lock up Derrick Henry. He's a free agent, and they have some guys on the defensive side that are looking to be signed again to another contract. So I think, yeah, the Titans, if, you're going, if you want to go somewhere and prove that you can win without Belichick – I think you, can, you could do far worse than going to the Titans. So I, that's that's definitely one spot. Are there any other spots that stick out to you guys?
1: Um, I'm not really sure because Tom Brady has played it so well. He has free agency almost in his grasp because – there are a lot of teams. I, there's only like five teams that really don't need a quarterback. But if Tom Brady came knocking on your door and said, I want to play quarterback for you, there'll be a lot of teams that say, hey, you can come on and start for us. And I think he's played this so well where we don't even know. I couldn't yeah. even give you a like a straight answer of where I think
0: Tom Brady could go. And nobody does. Like Schefter reports everything and he's got you know ears everywhere. And you have guys like that that literally just ear to the ground constantly. But literally nobody knows. No. And what makes it so interesting with Brady, obviously, is his history and his you know streak of winning. But also, when you throw him into the mix of the, the rest of these quarterbacks in this free agent class, you've got a lot of guys that are potentially moving. Now, Drew Brees, he had, he had already said that he wants to be a saint for life, and he's coming back because he, these last three seasons have left a terrible taste in his mouth. But there are other guys out there that you talk about, like a Tannehill, who maybe hasn't been the best quarterback. Isn't Garoppolo... Is on the end of his contract as well.
2: Uh, he might be. He I might
0: believe. Be. He, I believe he Close. is. So, Close. so he just a lot of names out there that Jameis Winston, but he yeah. might be getting the franchise tag. We'll see about that. Um, but there are a lot of guys out there, and you think when you have a Tom Brady like this, how does that affect the rest of this? Is he kind of like the key piece? Like we wait until to see what Tom Brady does, and then we figure out the rest of it, or like does the rest of the re- league not wait around to, to sit and find out what Tom does? No, he's,
1: Tom Brady is definitely the lead domino. Once he decides, you know, he is the key factor, and, like, once he decides, it's all going to go from there. And, uh, yeah, I think he's just literally holding the free agent because it's such a deep quarterback free agent class where there's so many different names, but Tom Brady is the, the best one. Maybe yeah, he the, trumps all. Yeah, best really, possibly the best free agent ever I could, you could consider, maybe.
0: Maybe. But.
1: Yeah, so what, what do the Patriots have to do to get Brady back? What do they have to do? Do we know, do, Any ideas? Add, add, add young talent around them, young weapons, wide receivers, and then possibly um, get them some new – they have a good offensive
0: line in my opinion, but definitely yeah. get them some uh, better pieces. And now their defense played very well this yes. year. Their defense played very well. That was definitely a plus for them. But this is a better question in my opinion. What do the Patriots do if Brady leaves?
2: Uh, I think, you know, they have a later draft pick, so they might not be able to get like a uh, – superstar quarterback right away from the draft so they might wait till later round in the draft to really draft their quarterback but there are a lot of other QBs on the uh, free agency market like Dak Prescott even though I know he's trying really hard to resign with the Cowboys yeah but
0: he's another guy that's asking for a lot of money that yeah. he, rightfully so he deserves to get paid but he's asking for a lot of money And Dallas really they offered him a deal the other day and just the fact that the deal is still on the table means that Dak does not like it but sorry yeah. to interrupt you just keep going
2: but then there are also other players like you know maybe a Phillip Rivers or yep. even a Teddy Bridgewater you know backup at, for Drew Brees but he could easily start over there in New England. But I think with their first round pick you know if they don't if they're not able to get Brady back then they're going to go with um, maybe some offensive talent like maybe a late first rounder pick like T Higgins a big wide receiver okay. from Clemson yeah. or even Jonathan Taylor you know a hard downhill running back for Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, I know that those guys both had huge years. Um, but for me. If they get rid of Brady, not, not get rid of more so, if Brady walks away, for me, I think the, the goal for them, they obviously need to shore up the quarterback position when he leaves. is going to be a huge gap. I think they sign a veteran or possibly they sign a guy like Bridgewater who actually has proven himself because when Drew Brees was out and Bridgewater came in, he was winning games, and he would. They were winning. They looked really good. Um, the Saints did. Now the Saints had a really stacked team, but so does New England. New England's got some offensive talent there, and they could always use more. Or you could always say, you know, you're going to want to make that next step. But I think for them, they like you said, they got a later first round pick. They might draft a quarterback with that late first round pick, but then maybe you get him under the wing of a veteran. I'm thinking more of like a Andy Dalton type of guy, which you know maybe New or sorry maybe Cincinnati wants to hold on to him to teach Joe Burrow the ropes, you know whatever, but. They might it, the good deal comes, they get rid of Andy Dalton, he ends up in New England, maybe run a better supporting cast and has a better year. All of a sudden, Joe Burrow gets thrown to the fire in Cincinnati. That's kind of something I see kind of playing out in my head because uh, New England's not going to throw a rookie in there. He's not going to go into that scheme with Belichick and, and dominate like that. So, it takes a while, and it takes someone knowing the league and the system to kind of do well, that.
3: Somebody who's known the system for a little bit, um, this is kind of far-fetched, but New England Saints uh, just said that they plan to, to put Taysom Hill, one of their uh, their eight, like quarterbacks that they have on the bench. So they're uh, put the, him on the Saints, res- yeah, the Saints. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. going to put him on a restricted-free aging. So maybe if the New England Patriots want somebody who's been in the league for a couple of years now, doesn't have that much playing time, but he doesn't have that bad of a, a winning record. Um, they also call him... Like the Swiss Army knife.
0: Yeah, he is. Know. Now, Sean Payton has come out and said that he thinks Taysom Hill could be a starting quarterback in this league. That's what now, I'm saying. It's like maybe New York could take a part of that. whether people agree with that or not, that's up for the individual GMs to decide. But Taysom Hill, the very the interesting thing about him is they have him on a first-round tender, which means basically that you'd have to give up the money equivalent, I believe, of a first-round draft pick in order to get Taysom Hill. So they, they're saying, like, yeah, we'd be willing to get rid of him. But at a cost, because I think right now they're planning for Bridgewater to be gone. I don't think Bridgewater. I don't think Teddy's content with sitting behind Drew Brees for another year. He wants to go play, and he deserves that. He's he's a good quarterback. He's shown that he's up better than a good quarterback. He's one of the mid tier, mid to upper tiers of quarterback in this league, and he shouldn't be on the bench. So I think New Orleans. It's kind of their way of saying like, yeah, we could be without him, but we'd really like to have him on our squad because of how much they, he does for them on special teams, on offense. He's been even been on defense. Sean Payton said if he could clone Taysom Hill, he'd put another one at safety, another one at linebacker, kick returner. He'd put him everywhere because he's just a good all-around athlete, and he's a good dude too. So I mean, is this a guy you'd like to have on the team?
1: Oh yeah, Taysom Hill for sure. I'd love to have my team because like I mentioned before, he can do it all, and there's not a position that I don't think he's willing to go play, you know what I mean? I think he's a team guy and he'd say, Hey, would you mind doing this? And he'd say, Yeah, for sure. And he can excel at that. Yeah.
3: Honestly, I don't I don't know if he likes being a quarterback or a running back more. Honestly, just seeing him run in yeah. uh in uh, NCAA football way back in the day. I just every time, you know, a little bit of tiny little bit of pressure, he's running. Yeah. And every time he he hurtled over a Texas player, I think, during a Texas game, uh, when BYU was playing them and he just hurled him like that, and there was just so many So many jokes out there of just him riding the bowl. He's
0: no, he's a great, he's he's a great overall athlete. You say he's a team player, like he'll do whatever the team needs, but I think at the end of the day, he wants to be a quarterback. And whether that be because of the salary or whatever it is, I think just him, his, his head has always been, his eyes have always set on being a starting quarterback in this league. And um, I think he definitely has a chance to do that. But maybe this year isn't the year because of all these guys who are in this free agent class that are already kind of set and have already established themselves in this class. I don't know if this year is the year for Taysom Hill, um, but this year is the year for the XFL, which has come back in 2020. Now let's talk about this a little bit. What have you guys seen? We are in week five. Actually, week five just wrapped up this weekend of the XFL. But what have we seen from this new football league that's made it so exciting to watch?
2: Uh, I think one thing that, like, Obviously, there are all the rule changes, which really make it exciting to watch. But also, like, the fan engagement, obviously. like As you can see at, like, these DC Defender games, they're making these massive, like, snakes (laughs) all the way up the sections. The beer snake. Yeah, with
0: beer beer cups. Yeah, the beer snake this weekend had over 1,200 cups and consisted of over 19,000 ounces of beer consumed. And you know who added to the beer snake? Albert Luck. Oliver Luck, Commissioner Oliver Luck went and actually added a little cup to the beer snake. So, but the fan engagement is huge, especially, you know, you're talking about D.C., but what about St. Louis, who yeah. lost their football program a little while back? All of a sudden, professional football is back in St. Louis. These yep. people are coming out of the woodwork to those games. The first two games, the lower bowl and middle bowl in that stadium, I forget, were they playing in the old – like, where were they playing at? I, th- I,
1: thought they, I thought they were playing in the old
0: uh, Rams stadium. The Rams but, stadium? Yeah. But anyways, whatever stadium they were in, lower bowl, full. Middle bowl, just about full. Like, these people showed out in droves for this new Battlehawk team, which uh, up to this weekend had looked really good until they lost to the defenders. But – it's just like that was a great pickup for them. St. Louis has a football town, and they don't have a football team. That's an obvious pick. Um, for me, though, I want a midwestern team that we have nowhere around us in Michigan. There's the closest team I think is actually St. Louis. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. but yeah, New York might be close, but too. But I think St. Louis is the closest. But like as we see this league and the ratings supposedly are going up, which maybe that's what they want us to think or see or obviously, but. Um, do we see them expanding in the future, possibly, if they can keep this up? Well, I hope so. I'm kind of
3: like you said before in a previous uh, cheap seats that the reason why they f- didn't really do too well in the first time they made the XFL is there's too many teams. So what I'm thinking is, should they keep it within, you know, the, the eight teams they have now? Or should they, you know, maybe get up to 10, maybe just like push the a tiny bit? Because like you said before, I feel like what they got to do is they got to first start, you know, building their their followship. Getting a lot of people to fall, And then they slowly start building out. Because if they start just adding another eight teams, I think is when we're going to go down the toilet. They they
0: don't have the infrastructure or the funds to back that up. (laughs) But um, one thing that separates this league from the old one for me is definitely the name recognition. Now, we had Cardell Jones, who was the face of the league, arguably, coming into it, coming out of Ohio State. Um, He actually got benched this weekend. He threw his seventh interception of the year and got put on the bench. Cardell Jones. So Tyree Jackson, who... Tyree Jackson, who was the... Sorry, maybe.
3: I think we lost the mics. Hey, talk, talk. Hello. Hello. What the frick?
1: We just lost all audio. Is it good?
0: Yeah. Well. Someone killed. It. Sorry about that.
1: Say my joke now. Uh, okay, well, it's they not can clear hear where Jameis Winston's apparently. going,
0: but I know for sure his eyesight kind of Yeah. So, uh, sorry about that. Our headphones actually just gave out. Um, but it looks like our audio levels are still coming through. Um, but I think that. We might have to end it. Oh, there it is. There's the audio's back. A little loud okay. there. Sorry about that. Um, but as I was saying, Carlos Jones throws his seventh interception of the year, gets benched, and then ex-Bills quarterback Tyree Jackson comes into the game, and he gets a win for the defenders against the BattleHawks team that actually looked very competent the first three weeks. So that was huge. But um, for a guy like that who had been the face of the league coming in and the first two weeks looked absolutely unstoppable, if the XFL's that deep where they can – you know kick out a guy like that and still win games like what does that mean for them
2: uh i think that's a really huge thing because that shows that more players like if they don't make it to the nfl then they're not just gonna try to go like out overseas or even up to canada but they're gonna try to come to the xfl also but i also feel like that you know makes room for more teams that need to be added because obviously you know there are eight teams and there's also the team nine to prevent out of shape injuries the roster there are also like some regions even in the u.s like the uh northwest you know they don't have a team and you could put a team in a city like seattle or even portland up in oregon seattle's
0: got a team the dragons yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. no that's okay my that's bad. okay <laughs> about so they're,
2: they're a forgettable team uh, <laughs> they, they are they
0: are eighth in the last uh the latest power rankings out of the xfl they are actually last um but one thing that is huge for me is the personality um from the players and the coaches you have a guy um score a touchdown interview on the sideline throw an interception you know what happened mike in your face constantly they want they want this viewing experience to be as transparent as possible and for you to feel like you're right on the field i did also so that's like just not just to finish about my thought here like that was like one thing with the reviewing process that was huge because mm. you see, you know what's yeah, going on. You hear exactly. the you hear the ref it's, and the guy yeah, talking about it's exactly what's going what I was about on. What to say is I thought it yeah. was so
3: cool seeing them and he's up there. And he's just actually I don't know. It's just to me, it's just like I felt like I was there as we said before, yeah. way before in the past. It's just it's very cool that they're trying to make it so inclusive and to bring everybody to show. And I'm wondering, do you think the NFL is going to start seeing that like, hmm, pe- people s- yeah. kind of seem to enjoy that. Do you think we should
0: start doing that too? Now I don't know if the XFL will adopt, uh, sorry, the NFL will adopt all of these, but I think they might start to integrate some of these aspects of this. Um, but one thing for me is it humanizes the people. You're like yeah. sitting there and you're you're seeing them converse and talk about the call, and you're like. Like, like, yeah, I, I probably would have said the same thing. Whereas in the NFL, you, you see a call, you see the replay, maybe a, a different replay than what they're seeing up in the box, and then they come back with the call, and you're like, well, how the heck did they get that call? Okay, well, let's, let's tell you. And then you, can't, you almost can't dispute it after that. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, wrong calls are going to be made, and that's the case with any sport, but I think that's really cool about the XFL, the transparency, the inclusiveness. It makes for a great league oh yeah yeah i think (laughs) i think
1: the uh, nfl should definitely bring the xbox controller over because i'm not i I think think they already use
0: it honestly i think i think a lot of leagues already use that oh really oh i mean i don't know yeah but we don't see it that's the thing we don't see it that's something that we'd like about the league but uh we definitely don't see it Uh, unfortunately that's all the time we have today thank you for tuning in to cheap seats